It's Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. There's so many testimonies out there. They come from all different walks of life. Well, how about the NFL? With us, special guest Rocky Seto, who is the assistant coach of the defense for the Seattle Seahawks. You've heard of this man and that team, Super Bowl winning champions, and uh, what a story he has to tell. Going from coach to full-time ministry, we're going to hear all about it, and welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Sure. I mean, it's uh, our pleasure. I mean, what a great story. I actually saw the picture when I saw Yahoo, uh, and I said, I know this man is a Christian. God just put that in my heart, and sure enough, the story was you were, I mean, a coach for 16 years, and of course, you left it all for the call of Christ, and uh, what an amazing, I mean, you must have had like one phone call after the other, as if you will, your phone blew up, and uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about this amazing transformation from coach of the NFL to uh, ministry. Well, first of all, it was, uh, God is so gracious, and uh, op- he's opened up a lot of ministry and opportunity to talk about Christ and the gospel through this. I, I didn't know it was going to be so public, and it, it's exciting to, uh, to uh, I guess, use this to expand the gospel with people who, you know, it's people who never heard of Christ and the gospel, you know. And uh, so what's happened is in 1998, when I was a, uh, a junior at the University of Southern California, the Lord got a hold of me. And uh, he, he had a teammate. Oddly enough, his name's Rocky Brown. He was a he was a player at USC with me, and he he shared the gospel with me in the locker room. After that, Jesus owned me, you know. And um, even and over the last seven years, Michael, I really it's been a burden on my heart. I really thought hard about going into full time ministry, and to the point where I almost didn't come up with Coach Carroll to the Seattle Seahawks. He, he Coach Carroll and I, you know, coached together for 16 years, and uh, at the University of Southern California, and when he left to come to the Seahawks, I seriously considered going to uh, pastoral ministry at that time, and then it just wasn't the right time. So, um, so this year it was so clear that the Lord has called our family to pastoral ministry, and uh, excited to move forward with this. And it just speaks such volumes because there's so many people who are thinking about doing what you've done, you know, answering the call and uh, not knowing for sure, you know, is God really calling me there? And I'm sure you'd like to know for sure because they pay you well in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And you earned it. You worked your way up by God's grace. You, you He provided opportunities at USC and, uh, and of course, uh, the coaching at the uh, NFL. And you'll talk about that a little bit. Um, so... As I understand it, though, there was another gentleman from the NFL. His name is Napoleon Kaufman. And he, at 27, left to be in full-time ministry. And to my understanding, you called him and said, hey, you know, how do you know this is, you know, the real, <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing here? Or uh, what, how did that conversation go? It was awesome because, uh, you know, I've heard of Napoleon. I, you know, he's from uh, California and uh he played at the University of Washington and then was a great player for the Oakland Raiders. And then he just left. I'm like, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, I mean, in the natural, you think, oh, I could keep coaching if I wanted to. But, you know, this guy could have played. He kept playing. You know, he was still in the prime of his career. And, you know, that's not a typical thing. Athletes will, or coaches or coach or play as long as they can, you know. And um, for him to leave at the prime of his career to become a minister, uh, I thought to myself, he must have been real, real sure. So I said, all right, let me get a hold of him. And God opened up an opportunity to talk to him. And I said, Pastor Napoleon, how did you know for sure that, you, hmm. that God's called you to ministry? And the, the one of all the pastors I talked to 
who, who and uh, him in particular as well, he said he had a growing desire, an overwhelming desire that kept growing and growing to pastor and to preach the word of God. And that's exactly what resonated with me. I mean, this is Jesus has been dominating my life, and and, and there's nothing quite like teaching and preaching the word of God. And uh, as much as I enjoy coaching football, I, I enjoy it. It's an incredible thing. I love it. But there's it's at a different, whole different level when I get to teach and preach the word. And he described the exact same thing. And uh, kind of an interesting note, he said he shared with me like as he was being introduced to the um, you know to the uh, to the fans in Oakland as a starting tailback. You know, they said Napoleon, number 26, Napoleon Kaufman. He looked into the black hole, which is like the end zone of their stadium in Oakland, and he saw the people and he started weeping because he wanted to minister to them that badly, so badly. And, you know, you don't think about those things when you're getting ready to play a football mm-hmm. game. You're, you're thinking about running and hitting. And, and so and he, he said tears fell, uh, came filled his eyes, and he knew that it was time to move on. And uh, that's similar to how I felt. And all, everything he said really resonated with me. And, you know, uh, you know how we make decisions, Michael, is just basically what the Word of God says. And, you know, Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And in essence, what that means is if Jesus is your greatest treasure, if He's dominating your life, there's no unrepentant sin that you know of. And God Himself, Jesus Himself, will put His desires into your heart. So usually, as if anyone asks me, how do you decide or discern God's will? I just say, hey, are you walking with the Lord? Is Jesus your tre- greatest treasure? They go, yes. And they, if they really mean it, I'll just say, look, do what you want to do. <laughs> God put that desire in you. Go for it, you know. And uh, as long as it doesn't contradict His Word. I would say go for it. That's what happened with us. Yeah, that's really amazing. And I mentioned if someone was weeping before the game for the Seattle Seahawks, they had to sit on the bench, right? (laughs) So, um, uh, I mean, really... You know, when you give everything, and you have to give everything in the NFL, you know, your blood, sweat, and tears, and so forth. So I, I imagine on some level that you knew that you were going to give everything to the Lord Jesus, that there was no holding back. Well, I mean, you know, it just makes sense. If Jesus is Lord, that's the gospel. Jesus is Lord. He's king. He's ruler. He's master. You just do what he tells you to do, and and then and you trust him, and and for you know like uh, we've had some counsel where you know most of most people have been incredibly encouraging but there's been some counsel of concern and uh things of like what are you doing you know what you're doing maybe is irresponsible for your family or what you've been working for all your life you're wasting it but i i'd say this if we trust jesus for our very eternity where he saves us out of the pit of hell yes and does not take care of us forever i think we could trust him for the next 50 years you know what i mean and and for the food and and for any opportunities that he may want to give our children you know and we have four children so they're young and and i understand their concerns i think and i understand that they probably mean they do mean well but in essence if we're about the kingdom we trust the king and and that's really what it comes down to and uh you know, he gave us everything, and uh, it's not really mine to give up anymore. It's his. And so if he wants me to keep coaching, that would have been the highest calling. If he wanted me to go into full-time ministry, that's the highest calling. So whatever God's called you, you know, that's really the highest calling you could do, you know. so And I just want to throw out a disclaimer of people may you know people encouraging us that hey you you you've accepted the highest call that you mm-hmm. could possibly do no nah, you know what that just happens to be our call so that therefore it is the highest call that we could do but if god's called you to be a school teacher or 
or a gardener or, or executive or whatever it may be that is the highest calling because that's where god the king needs you and um, that's really what that's where my take us on that yeah and you know what um the fact is that napoleon pastor napoleon kaufman he's still pastoring so the fact that is that his uh, his calling is sure and your calling you know is sure and so he'll he'll provide and everything now you've been uh, I can know a chaplain, a jailhouse uh, chaplain as well, preaching the gospel, uh, certainly with everyone that you meet. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that. I know you've taken classes, too, at Liberty University. And um, so you're, you're prepared for all this. And uh, tell me a little bit about your preparation for the ministry. Well, ultimately, the biggest preparation is, is what's, what's my walk with Christ like? Is he dominating? Is Jesus Christ dominating my life? And um, that's the biggest thing, you know. Yes. It's, it's a, uh, you know, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, loved and adored Christ. She, she's the one that anointed Jesus with her perfume and wiped his wiped his feet with her hair. And there's something about the passion that one has for Christ that attracts others to Christ. And when she moved, people moved and followed her to Christ, and she was able to lead people through Christ through that. And ultimately, that's really where the preparation comes, is my walk with the Lord um, just consuming me. And, and from there, people have asked me, how do you hear from God? Well, I just tell them, look, you open up the Word of God and you read it. That's how you exactly hear from from the Lord. And the Word of God has been dominating my life. And um, I just, it's really, I can't think of anything else I'd rather do. So the preparation comes in just really walking with the Lord. And then, you know, God's opened up incredible opportunities to preach at uh, different churches, my home church and up here in Washington, to prisons, to schools, to baccalaureates, to just uh, auctions and whatever, you know. And it's, it's interesting, if you happen to be a Seahawk coach, they ask you to come out and you can say anything you want, you know. So it's almost <laughs> like if you if God's giving you that favor and God's giving you that platform, wherever it may be, I will suggest steward it really well and talk about Christ and and the gospel and and in no unclear terms. And um, if they're asking you to come out, you have the leverage. You just go for it. And uh, so that's where the preparations come in. Just taking advantage of those things. And there's some schooling, some seminary work that I'm doing through Liberty. But ultimately, I'd say the preparation is the work that God gives us daily and just obeying Him. Yeah, I would say that's true. I mean, you look at Moses and the preparation for him and King David, and it was just a, a life lived and uh, an example as well. So, I mean, you must have received a million or maybe more emails and phone calls. I mean, what was that like? All of a sudden, they announced this, and uh, how, how did how was that day? <laughs> it's, it's been a, uh, you know, it's been really encouraging. You know, with the advent of Facebook, and we have a couple websites where people are able to contact us and it hasn't been quite a million but <laughs> but it's been all i mean honestly all of them have been incredibly encouraging people are are praying for us people are just affirming us call you know encouraging us and i think i get the sense some people are actually encouraged by this you know yes. as, if, as if maybe the lord's been kind of like prodding their heart to do something uh, similar in some ways whether it's going to ministry or starting a business or w- whatever whatever moving to a different place whatever it may be just to trust in him and uh it's been incredibly encouraging that's just how, the mark of the lord isn't he he just encourages mm-hmm. us to do his work you know so let's talk about the NFL for just a minute as far as there's a lot of people uh, in the NFL, certainly you know the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they really think a lot of you. And that's because you're a man of character, you're humble, and you care about people, and you're a good communicator. So 
what was that like? How many moments, how many opportunities have you had to, to certainly not only to witness to people on the team, but also people in football in general that love Jesus? Well, I'll tell you, whether they love Jesus or not, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's incredible. Like, Let me give you a story. I, I was... I was just, uh, I felt led by the Lord to pray for somebody on the other team right before the football game. And I said, okay. And I just, just had a burden to pray for somebody. And I asked him, can I pray for you? And he and he looked at me like, okay, sure. I mean, <laughs> this is like before kickoff, right? And so I, I prayed for this man. He was going through some health struggles. And then and all of a sudden, you see tears just welling up in his eyes. And he just looked at me and said, thank you. You know, and, and so just things like that. I don't know if this man's a believer or not, but just to pray for him ministers greatly to 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 these people. And then you follow up with them and you tell them about how much the Lord loves them and 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 what the Lord has done for them. And uh, in in essence, these are the opportunities that you have in football. And and no matter what walk of life you're in, and and I think that as as Christians, we we got to know that we're missionaries. We're on a mission field to see to advance the kingdom of God by advancing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And and I think that's exactly what we're called to. That's what Jesus told us to go out and make disciples as you're going. You know, and uh, I've just you know if you're looking for these opportunities, I believe as Christians you'll be able to see those opportunities open up. Yes, and there's been a progression, obviously, you know, between where you were beginning with the USC and then the NFL. And uh, I believe that you were contemplating and wondering, okay, what's the best thing that could happen here? Well, I mean, I imagine that you would be a head coach as part of the NFL. And so, but even that, after contemplating that, you say, no, it's it's still not going to be better than serving the Lord. Was that one of the things that you thought about? Yeah, I, I really did. You know, like I mean, I was I thought about a dream job scenario and as a head coach, and I said, okay, what if the Lord opens up a head coaching job? And would I still rather do the ministry stuff? You know, the only I'd say yes, I really would have. You know, it just it it isn't even it just has a burning compulsion to have me to teach and preach the word of God in a, in a Christ exalting manner, and and I believe that's the vision that God's given me. You know, exalt Christ. By teaching and preaching the Word of God, and uh, and um, that's really what it came down to. Like um, the only thing I would have considered is, oh, there may be a certain platform that the Lord could create through those type of positions. But overall, I, I'd say that I feel completely at peace with uh, the decision, you know. And uh, I haven't looked back. It's been a very joyful thing. Yeah, I think there's a movie here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure someone's a casting director, you know, is going to say, "Hey, this is this is a real movie." That's for sure. But take us to the locker room because I understand that that's really where the floodgates started opening, and you you kind of held it together up until that moment. And then you're telling all the teammates and everyone part of the organization that you're leaving. Can you tell us what that might have been like? Yeah. So it happened in our team uh, meeting room actually uh, the day after our last game versus the Atlanta Falcons and. Um, coach Carroll, our head coach at the Seahawks, already knew of this, and I told him about this maybe January 1st. And as we were trying to discern the, the Lord's call throughout the throughout the um, throughout the uh, uh, the season, and what happened was he just told the staff what I had planned, and then um, he he announced it to the team what I had planned. And after that, he gave me a few minutes to speak on on. Uh, to address the team what uh, what we're gonna do and through and in that time I'm so grateful 
God opened up the opportunity to preach the gospel to the team before Amen. I left. That, that was like a, some, a dream come true. That's exactly how I hoped it would have ended. And the Lord is so gracious. He allowed me to just preach with uh, no unclear terms about what the gospel mm-hmm. is, the bad news, which which leads to the good news of the gospel. I imagine, you know, forgive me for saying that, but it must have been a little bit like a deer in the headlights when they heard the news. Or did they know and suspect that, uh, you know, you being a man of God, this could happen? Well, it's like Coach Carroll just said, you know, he announced, hey, Rocky's going to go into the full t- into the ministry. He's leaving the team. And he goes, would you like to say a few words? I said, yeah, you bet I do. And then I just said, you know, I'm not speak- <laughs> I'm not speaking for the team. I'm not speaking for Coach Carroll. I'm speaking for me. And i got to say this because I love you guys. And, and I don't think they're surprised. I mean, for the people that know me and, you know, as we do life together, being on a football team is incredible because you get to know each other. I mean, we travel together. We eat together. You know, we stay in a hotel together. We fly in planes and we work together, we cry and laugh together. So over the course of a season or in the course of years, they get to know, the guys on the football team get to know who you are. So I just, I don't think they were really surprised, you know, and uh, it was, uh, they were encouraging. They gave me a standing ovation and Amen. the Lord so gracious in that way. Well, let me ask you a question. I don't know if you're allowed to answer this. I don't know if there, if you've made the announcement where exactly that you will be pastoring. You know, that's one of the interesting things that's happened, Michael, where I, we, I wasn't anticipating this being such a public thing that the church family that uh, that we're planning to join, they do not know that we're coming down yet. So I'm not able to talk about that. The leadership sure. knows and all that, but so I have to hold off on that for a little bit longer. I think. Well, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> trying to get a scoop here. You know, forgive me. I was I was looking online though for you know. Now, tell us about your family too. As far as like, did your did your wife come to Christ first? Did you come to Christ first? And and uh, tell us about other members of your family too. Have they have they come to the Lord? So I didn't I didn't grow up in a Christian household, but like I talked about earlier, I'd be some a teammate of mine preached the gospel to me in the locker room, and I became a. Uh, a believer and follower of Jesus Christ in 1998. My wife, who I met, she also was a student athlete at the University of Southern California as a soccer player, and she became a, a follower of Christ a few years after that too. So both of us got were saved in, in essence at, in, at the University of Southern California, and that's what happened. And then we've been married for going on 14 years this summer, and then we have four children: 11, nine. Uh, seven five-year-olds and two girls and two boys so uh, we're right in the middle of it right now <laughs> yeah i can imagine and yeah you know there were some pictures of you put your name rocky seto and uh is it more difficult to restrain yourself when you're coaching your kids as far as you know whether different sports or are you almost amazed at also some of the some of the parents from the sidelines that want to you know, I mean, you're an NFL coach, so yeah. is that difficult to, to kind of – do you ever have to walk up to a parent and say, hey, take it easy here? No, I mean, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, there's a little extra, a little something when your son or daughter's out there. But I've just learned to just enjoy it, you know, and just watch them play. And the only thing I exhort them to do is play hard, you know, just play hard and honor your teammates and your coaches. And those are the things that we try to work on, you know, and – um but like uh, it hasn't been too hard. It's been being able to just enjoy and be a fan and enjoy the children play. Yeah. And originally you were going to be a physical therapist. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, I was studying to and to enter into the doctorate program at the University of Southern California, and and I actually got in to the to the doctorate program. And then what happened was 
a week later, I remember putting my $164 deposit down, and and um, I think that's what it was. And then um, a week later or so, I just said, you know what, God, I don't feel like I feel like I'm going to go into coaching. And then <laughs> when I told my mom and dad that, who were like, who are, we're, we grew up in a blue collar family. My dad's a gardener. He goes, what are you? My mom and dad said, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, the doctor degree sounds pretty good, and I just gotta try coaching, you know. And Coach Hackett, Paul Hackett, was the head coach at the time. He let me volunteer in the staff, and he really gave me the start to the coaching career, and I'm incredibly grateful to him. Yeah, I mean, you can. You can see how this was really a preparation for ministry all along, can't you, when you look back? Yeah, you know, um, somebody said to me, like, uh, you know, isn't it a waste that you're walking away from coaching? Look at, you know, the opportunities that could be ahead of you. And I, I don't, I disagree because God's trained me to minister through the game of football, through coaching. And in some ways, coaching and pastoring are very similar. You're shepherding the heart of players. You're training, you're teaching, you're equipping, you're exhorting, you're 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 developing relationships. The context is is different, right? Because we're trying to uh, teach about football, but but you know, it's it's there's a lot of skills that are very similar. Is what I would say. Um, because you know, I know that you are a detail oriented person. People will say that on the Seattle Seahawks, the teammates, that you are in the details. And what a nice compliment. Now, that's an administrative gift from the Lord, you know, the, all the details. And you made a study out of watching, I mean, I don't know if it was Animal Planet or, you know, animals uh, tackle each other. Then you saw rugby and you yeah. noticed that there was a way that they tackled each other and you implemented this. And I believe you are responsible for this, for the having a special tackling technique in the NFL. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I really believe that our game of football that we love is in grave danger. And what I mean by that, it isn't an economic thing. It isn't a popularity thing. It's a safety thing. And and um, basically, I believe football over the last 30 or 40 years got away from the essence of how the game was meant to be played. The game was was birthed out of a game called rugby, and um, as we know, and and. and and guys played with leather helmets and without any face masks and how guys hit each other and tackle each other with the shoulder and chest area and over the course of time with the you know the advent of the face mask and the technology there's been a, a false sense of security as if you could throw your head and face into the line of fire and we basically took it back to the old school and that's the lord the lord christ he basically allowed us to teach this principle and it took off like crazy and what happened was we're teaching a style of tackling already it's a basically a shoulder tackling system based on leverage and in essence we i there's a guy named kit lawson who came from england he's he was a american football coach who coached in england at the birmingham university and as i showed him how we teach our tackling all he this is from the lord he just said, oh, all that is is a rugby tackle. And then right there, the Lord, as if you could see the proverbial light bulb pop, it bounce, uh, turn on in my head. So that's exactly how we have to convince our Seahawks that this is the way to do it. And you could hit each other. These rugby players are hitting each other with shorts and T-shirts, and they hit, them, hit each other hard, and they get right off the ground. And that's really where I have to convince these guys because these guys are pros, and they care about their performance. If this doesn't work, if this doesn't help them get better, they're not going to do it. 
And they, and so you have to convince the players that they, this is going to help them be better football players and at the same time be even healthier as be, as as well as possible. You know, and no technique could eliminate injuries, but you like to think you could help eliminate them if you can. You know, minimize them. And so that's the Lord. That's the ministry of the Lord that allowed us to be part of this. And I think this is going to be Coach Carroll's biggest contribution to the game of football because without the game. There is no more game, and meaning, if health concerns keep to rise and people, less people end up playing at the grassroots level, the game is going to be threatened. And this is this technique that Coach Carroll had a vision to just let out to the whole world of football is really going to help save the game. Well, you're very humble, but I think you had something to do with that. <laughs> you know, well, you know, the Lord just, uh, you know, through Coach Carroll had me. Uh, teach tackling and just as you compete and try to learn to teach as well as you can you, you start learning things and then the lord just put those ideas into our minds and then we start teaching it to our players and they made it a viable technique if if the seahawks did not tackle well no one would be talking about yes this. The fact that's that true the seahawks made it a viable technique it, it became a legitimate technique and and, and and became topical. If we weren't very good at tackling, it wouldn't it mm-hmm. wouldn't have gone past our, our doors, you know. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the uh, Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl when all that kind of blew up as far as your the tackling technique. Is that right? Yeah, that was incredible. That was like the that was that was the Lord, you know. Good and confirmation. Yeah, <laughs> that was just the Lord would just you know he just does it like that, and I believe as a. Um, you know, whatever industry we're in, whether it's coaching football or we're school teachers or we're working in a law firm or whatever we do, our job is to bless the area that we're in. So in this instance, how can we make the game safer for the players and for the game of football? If we could do that, that's a good thing. And then from there, the Lord, you know, we could be the Lord's ambassadors through it and then hopefully open up opportunities to preach the gospel. And really that's where happen in this whole situation that's true do you hear that in the background there yeah i I, I turned that off okay that's no no problem we ended that out that's a good thing about being pre-recorded so uh well you know rocky i know that you're a believer in christ and certainly in being a believer well i mean did you watch the super bowl and did you believe enough to (laughs) that uh, tom brady was going to win that game or did you think like a lot of people that's the end of that you know i I mean, we had our tough game versus them too. So I just knew those guys are resilient. They're champions. They're, I mean, they've been they are, they are the standard of the NFL. And you know, I just grieved for my friend Dan Quinn. You know, he, he, uh, great guy. And uh, he, he, uh, that was a tough way to lose a game. But I felt as bad as I felt. I know he felt worse. But uh, I was rooting for him pretty hard, though. You know, we're, we're good friends. Yeah, and you mentioned that even though you won a Super Bowl, though the next day it's over with. And then you have to think about, you know, I remember uh, Bill Belichick said that, that even though we won the Super Bowl, we're five weeks behind because now we have to prepare for the next thing. I mean, so that really drove uh, home to me, you know, when you think about eternal rewards. And uh, I think you have, of course, your your heart, your mind on on eternity, something far greater. And uh, so how do you go from thinking that the Super Bowl is the greatest thing to really thinking about eternity and all the rewards, which is Christ, the greatest treasure. That's the name of your website, too. I think it's thegreatesttreasure.org. That's right. That's right. Jesus is the greatest treasure of all. And the reason why is Jesus is better than anything else, including a Super Bowl or your Super Bowl, whatever that Super Bowl may be in your industry. And uh, Because when we die, none of that's going to matter. Jesus is not going to ask us, how did you win Super Bowl 48? None of that's going to matter. He's like, did you, are, am I your Lord? 
period. And that's the only thing that's going to matter. Come into the joy of your master. And everything else is not going to matter. And, and I tell you, I'm going to share something with you, Michael. Something incredible happened to me when, in 2010 when we first got to the Seattle Seahawks in our fourth preseason game versus the Oakland Raiders. God showed me something where I was jogging before the game. And it was a night game, so I was jogging in the morning. And I saw a plane crash fall out of the sky hmm. maybe 50 yards in front of me into this uh, four feet, like four or five feet deep water and like half like maybe three quarters of the plane was sticking out of the water and three people were on that plane they were gone I mean it was uh, I've never seen anything like that and in that instant three people were in the face of eternity in either one of two places either in heaven with Christ or in hell separated from God forever and essentially some of us, all of us are going to be in that situation someday. Either sooner or later, it's going to happen. Only thing that's going to matter is Jesus, your Lord. And that's really where have I put my trust in Him to take care of my eternity. So in light of that, you know, when you make decisions like going to the ministry or whatever, to, or God tells you to uh, you get a sense that you share the, share the gospel with somebody, you do it because <laughs> that's what matters, you know, and... And the obedience isn't what saves us, but there's incredible joy of, of, of the fruit of obedience, which helps confirm that you do actually believe that Jesus mm. is your Lord. You know, that's the essence. Lord means he's your master. He's your king. He's your owner. You listen to him. And that's what obedience is. Yeah, we could really complicate things uh, is Christianity, you know, as Christians. And what the Lord says about don't forget the simplicity of the gospel. And that seems to be when I YouTube you. Uh, you mentioned you really do take it right down to where it is, the gospel message, and even your life verse. Can you tell us what that is? Yes, First Corinthians two two. You know, and basically, Paul says, "For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified." Jesus in the gospel. My hope and prayers as a husband, as a father. As a coach, now a pastor, I, hope, I pray that will be the message of my life. But the person of Christ and the good news of the gospel, what he has done. And um, that's really what it comes down to. And that's what Christianity is about. It's about Jesus. The Bible is about Jesus. Everything that we read in the Bible is about Jesus. Even going back to the Old Testament, it's about Jesus. And then, and then from there, the, the hope is found in the gospel, the death and resurrection of Christ. And, the, uh, you know, just Christ paying for the payment of sin and uh, and where God the Father poured out his wrath on him so that he could forgive us. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And you follow him as Lord. That's really what, that's the gospel. Jesus, if someone, someone, if someone were to ask me, how would you sum up the gospel as short and as concise as you can be? I would say Jesus is Lord. I mean, if you believe that Jesus is God and he's your Lord and, he, and you follow him as your Lord, that's the gospel. That's the good news. Who else would you rather be under other than Jesus? And it's amazing, though. There's so many different, kind of like uh, Satan on the mountaintop there with uh, with Jesus. There's so many things that he could offer the world to people. And the fact that he blinds the eyes of people. And, yeah. I mean, it's really remarkable because there are a lot of, I mean, even it's it's if you said, took you to the mountaintop and said, you know, if I make you this head coach over all the, you know, um, but, you know, no, I'm going to worship the Lord Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. I, I just want you, Lord. Um, but 
I imagine people do get sidetracked. Now, you see that, too, though, with people from the NFL. When they come in, they might be uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, and ready to go. And then all of a sudden, money kind of gets in the way, and, and you see people change. And, and all of a yeah. sudden, their their life spirals out of control. I mean, imagine that that's where you had your work there is, uh, is someone sharing the gospel, too. Did that bother you a little bit? Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it doesn't bother me when a non-believer acts like a non-believer because that's how you're supposed to act. Yes, but it's 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 a little bit more challenging when a professing believer acts like a non-believer, you know, because the witness and the and the opportunity to bring bring glory to the king is you 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 you, you basically forfeit that, and you know you, what a re- regrettable thing that could that is someday. And uh, so, in essence, that's really what it comes down to: Are we blinded by the treasures of this world, or do we see Christ as the greatest treasure? And that's really what it comes down to, that Jesus this is the greatest treasure of all. And uh, it happens. It doesn't have to be in pro football, but it could be in any walk of life where people get blinded for anything. And one of my burdens I do have is for professing believers in the church or wherever else, you know, are they truly believers? Are they truly following Jesus as Lord? And Jesus said it, you know, after feeding the thousands, he said to the, he indicted them. I think it's in John chapter six. He said, "The only reason why you follow after me is because you are fed." And if we're coming to Jesus for any other reasons than that He is the Lord and He is God Himself, and that we need the forgiveness of our sins, we're wasting our times. If we're going to church or saying that we pursue Christ so that He can help our marriage or help our parenting or help our our our, our work or or have peace of mind, I mean, those are all good things and very important things. But if that is the main reason why you come to Christ, we're missing the whole boat. Jesus is not a how-to or a, a, a get better scheme. Jesus is Lord, and He's there. He's He's the only healer of our sin problem, and that's really the, we have to come on Jesus' terms. We're not coming to Jesus so He could fulfill our world's uh, desires and dreams that we have. You know, this is about following the King. Yeah, what a blessing you are. Rocky Seto, who is what we last know him as the assistant head coach uh, for the NFL Seattle Seahawks, now going into full-time ministry, if you would, not only for people in the NFL, but also all around the world. Would you say a prayer, uh, your heart's desire that we would all come to Christ? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Father, we thank you for being so gracious. You are the God of all and you loved us so much that you had a plan to save us from our sins. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our Lord and paying the price to save sinners like me. And I, God, I just pray that more and more people will come to know you as the greatest treasure of all. And they will see that if you are worth it, that there is nothing else matters other than having you as Lord of our lives. So, Father, I pray the gospel would be just expand your kingdom throughout the world, Lord. So thank you for Michael's ministry. I pray the work that you have him doing will help expand your kingdom and get make you look good and glorify your name. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. From the Super Bowl to running that race, the good find of faith, Rocky Seto, thank you so much for being on the program. May God richly bless you. It's going to be a, a real great chapter to follow your success and how the Lord leads you as far as souls coming to Christ. And uh, it's an exciting time in your life. We appreciate you being on the program. Oh, my brother, thanks so much. It's a privilege for me to be here. So thank you so much.